Hey, how you doing? I hope you're good. I hope you're relaxed. Welcome to the second episode of African Film. My name is Yalezo. I go by Yaz the Student, which is Y-A-Z-Z the Student on all social platforms. So if you didn't catch our first episode, I highly suggest that you do. In that episode, we spoke with Showmatch representative Kevin Kredeman on African films within the streaming landscape and how it is that they perform and essentially what's coming next within the African streaming space. What I find very exciting about today's episode is one of the things which we always do is we ask our guests what their favorite African film is. And his current favorite African film is what we're going to be talking about today with the director of the film. If you haven't watched the first episode, Kevin's current favorite film is a film called Softie. It is a documentary which came out this year. And it is a documentary from Kenya that is so beautiful, so heartbreaking. It's a lot of things at once and it essentially takes us into the world of Kenyan politics. The film centers around a photojournalist by the name of Boniface Mwangi and a seven-year journey to running for political office. Boniface was a photojournalist who, within like 2007-2008, was showing the depths of political corruption, so much so to the point that he decided that he wanted to run for political office to make a change and to kind of be an he started becoming an activist and his activism led him to wanting to run for political office. And in that decision, the story then brings us into the world, not just of the Kenyan political system, but into his family life. And what I find really fascinating about it, or one of the things which I find fascinating about that film is that it gives you a very deep understanding into the struggles of being an activist against having a family life because he has a wife, Jerry, Jerry Mwangi, and kids. He gets to a point where he has to kind of decide is the fight for his country at the cost of his fight for his family. The more, the, the deeper he gets into his political run, the more time that he has to spend away from his children and the more dangerous it actually becomes for him. And we get to kind of see that from his perspective as well as from the family's perspective. My father who Kenya has been ranked dismally as one of the most corrupt countries in the world. MP, 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 MP. <laughs> Boniface Mwangi, folks, this young man is one word, fearless. It's this very thrilling and deeply emotional film that I urge you, if you do love documentaries, to go and check out. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite films that I watched at this year's diff along with, I think it was called Finding Sally, which is another documentary. And yeah, that is the film which we're going to be talking about today. That is our recommendation. As well as it being our recommendation, we are talking with the filmmaker Sam Soko as this week's guest. And that is African Film, our second episode. Do let me know what are some of your favorite African films. It doesn't have to be current African films. It can be like deep, deep, deep African films. I really want to kind of start a dialogue to understand the landscape of them. Also, please do tag what streaming platforms they are on. So, for example, 
the the first movie that we talked about last week in terms of recommendations is I Am Not a Witch, which is available on Showmax. So if there's a movie which you know that you want to recommend and it's also available on a streaming platform, do let us know it's available so we can also get a deeper understanding of the scope of African film that exists out there. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you do check out the second episode. It is with the director of this Sundance winning film, which is currently available in Kenyan cinemas all around softy welcome to african film this episode was sponsored by the department of sports arts and culture Yo, what's up? This is Yaz, and we're back with another episode of African Film. And in studio with us, we have someone who have been so excited to talk to. He is a groundbreaking filmmaker with a groundbreaking film called Softy. It is a film which I got to watch at the Durban International Film Festival with my family and was completely blown away by it. And the film became the first Kenyan film to debut at, to premiere at Sundance, as well as winning Best Documentary at the Durban International Film Festival, thus allowing it to participate is now currently with in the Oscar races for the production company which is currently involved in this I believe this is not the first time that they've been within the Oscar races because the same production company which this man is a co-founder of called LBX Africa released the film in 2017 called Watoote which both won a student academy award as well as was nominated for best live action short film so you can understand why I'm this excited to talk to our current guest, Sam Soko, who's going to basically paint what I haven't said about him. Welcome, sir. How are you doing? Hey, nice. Nice to chat with you. It's great to chat to you. And just, you know, um, small correction. So with Watu Water, we were the service production company. But again, yeah, it's it's an incredible honor to, to even be in conversations of anything close to the Oscars. So just for the people who don't know, what is the difference between a production company and a servicing production company? So a production company is essentially the main production company that kind of holds the copyright of the film and essentially in more cases than one owns the film. Um, a service production company essentially is you are the boots on the ground, like the, cause the film Water Water was filmed and made and done in Kenya with mostly a Kenyan crew. So we essentially coordinated that fact and kind of were the hub of making the film more or less. But we collaborated with the Hamburg Media School. Because of our media school, I think it couldn't officially be a co-production. So we essentially were provided the service. I see. So what was what has been your journey into film? Because from what I've seen from the research that I've what's currently out there you started basically within music videos and then kind of moved and not necessarily bumped into but the documentary that you're currently known for softy is something which was uh not necessarily planned to be a documentary but was more so an activism video because you're an activist but before we even get there what was your journey into actually what made you want to become a filmmaker what was that journey about so i actually started in theater i started out um, I studied theater and film in in a place not too far from Nairobi called Eldoret. I'm in a university called Moi. And I I initially started out working in a theater and in that space I kind of moved into 
and also in school that moved into a lot of writing and was really engaged in a lot of radio plays so i did like a couple of radio plays and one of them ended up in the bbc like was produced by the bbc and then at that point i kind of started being fascinated and engaging in in film and in in particularly in stories in film so at that point it was more a lot of short content short content like both both documentary and like you said music videos but it was more a different like i saw music videos differently in the sense of like i loved essentially making films that were music that had music with them yeah and at the same time i did a couple of shorts but the running thread in all these things that i was doing was they all engaged social like social change messaging and conversations about you know raising the dignity of the human being so when the time came to when we had this idea to make an activism manual and we looked at you know looked at several activists in around the space i eventually we eventually meet <laughs> eventually meeting softy it was kind of like a a coming together of something that i'd wanted to do for a long time because it kind of just connected all the dots and all these spaces but like you said initially it was not supposed to take this long and it was not supposed to be this long it was just supposed to be like 5 10 minutes put it on youtube and you know get get people you know all pumped up and hyped about the change they can make and different ways in which they can make the change and that 5 10 minute video then turned into a 7 year journey yeah man crazy right <laughs> <laughs> very but yeah and also films films specifically within our continent or um, at least I know from a South African context also a lot of films tend to take that long from like conception to towards cinema and you guys are going to be premiering or you you would have premiered since this is only going to air in November on October 16th yes um that that's yeah that's that's happening and it's something we've been waiting for for a long time because um, you know that the making even from the genesis this film was meant for for our audience like it's it's they they're probably the audience who are going to watch the film and get all the jokes <laughs> <laughs> but and yeah sorry no 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 i mean it's something that i'm i'm deeply deeply excited about within watching diff softy was one of my two favorite films that i watched within the actual full festival oh wow it was between softy and another documentary called Find- finding sally which happens to be very strange for me because personally i've only kind of gotten into documentary watching um very recently i've i've all my life i've kind of just been very much a not just entertainment but very much a uh, not just films but like specifically entertainment films it's what i've been writing since i was like 9 but there's something very special about both films in that it taps both into the political system but at the same time a family system yeah and it and finding sally yeah, finding sally also kind of just takes you through Ethiopia's political system through the lens of family which is something which beautifully which Safdi does and one of the things which which kind of resonated a lot with me was basically I don't know how to explain it <laughs> but it it takes a long it, it takes a long time to explain but essentially I'm I am I'm the grandson of a political activist within South Africa oh, wow. 
he was essentially exiled with my entire family and they had to kind of during apartheid basically exile and refugee all the way from west africa and then finally landed within the uk so one of the things which i was able to kind of see within this thing is that it really gives both angles of the political system in terms of you have this activist and we usually either hear the side of the activist or the side of the family so like with martin luther king you'd be hearing from from coretta king or you'd be hearing from the actual political party but this one puts both of them both at edge and there was a specific scene i believe um there there was a scene which resonated very deeply with me and i think it was with the son nate and he was in america they'd already moved to america and the mom was asking, someone is asking him, I believe it was either you, it was either the, 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 um, the interviewer or the mom was, <laughs> was asking about his relationship with his father. And he gave such a disconnected response. And I, and I remember feeling really resonating with that because also within my mom, she's also told me that at a specific point in time when my grandfather was this political activist and he was within the UK and doing all of these things, she didn't know who this um who this person was that was a father and i got so scared because it, it it brings you into not just the reality but the realities of a lot of the times political activists tend to kind of have to choose between family and country exactly i think the thing that tamara's film and i'm a huge admirer of tamara and her film finding sally the, her film and our film tries to do i think in many cases is kind of demystify a lot of these spaces in, in Softy, I think we try to demystify an activist and who an activist is because we've kind of built this huge narrative around heroes that kind of circles around them. And we, we seldom remember that there are many other heroes behind these heroes. Yeah. Like there are people who, who do so much and carry so much that they should be identified as heroes in their own right. And I think in that sense, allow us and encourage us to be heroes in our own right. Because without us being, like you're saying, we only got to hear from Coretta Scott King a lot of the time after Martin Luther King died. And it's crazy to think about it because there's such strength in a woman like her that the world doesn't allow, like the world doesn't give the space to exist and in our case we like i i witnessed the struggle of softy like softy is the nickname of the main protagonist of the film which is boniface and i witnessed the struggle and i and i'm a kenyan so i witnessed the necessity of the struggle like i know why going to the streets to fight against corruption is an important thing yeah and i am like yes it has to happen but yeah. at the same time, I witnessed the consequence of that struggle. And I, I, like, I think I would want a lot of audience to leave the cinema thinking it's, it's unfair to let people exist in kind of that contradiction. Like they love their families, yes, but they have to do these things for us. Why can't we be a part of that journey? Why can't we be a part of that change such that they're allowed to be present for their children? Because if, if that doesn't happen, then, and it's society as a whole, like it doesn't necessarily speak to like, you know, this is only something that I want Kenyans to do. And I think it's something, especially the, the way the world is right now, it's something that is like a call to action to a lot of people in the world. 
So how was, how did you, you spoken about the relationship that you had with Boniface, but how exactly did that form? And at what point was it that you then went from saying, okay, this is no longer going to be a 10 minute YouTube video, but this is now going to be a film that we're going to now invest in terms of film, film. This is what we're going to be. This is the story. So when we started, it was more or less, a need to capture certain moments, particularly in protests and preparation of protests, and eventually kind of weave that together with like do's and don'ts. We kind of did that for almost a year and a half because it was like, you know, one protest, then another protest, then another protest. And then by the time you do that for a bit, then you're like, ah, maybe you can do this for like another 25. You can cut this into a 25 minute thing and kind of weaving into also with a bit of context. But at that point, he started to realize that there is something beyond the activist. Boniface's existence lies beyond his work as an activist. Like there's so much more that exists behind this activist. I think once we took that path, it more and more started to become very clear that this is going to be a film. And the challenge then was now, this is going to be a film, but how long is this going to take to film? Like, how long are you going to be here? But at that point, we were kind of at the mercy of the documentary gods, because at every juncture which you're thinking and be like, okay, I think we're done. Something would happen and you'd be like, okay, should I continue? Should I not? And I'm like, ah, I'll probably feel really bad if I don't continue. And when, when he announced that he was running, I think that provided both a very scary moment of being, oh God, am I ready to do this again? Like, am I ready to continue doing this? And also a kind of weird relief that at least now you might be able to film something with a natural end of sorts. Yeah, you, you then get an arc because you can follow the the actual journey of the run. Yeah, but that opened another Pandora's box of which like, oh God, now I have all this footage how the hell do we weave all these stories together? And then in terms of documentary filmmaking, how do you know when it is that you're done? Or what is the way that you kind of attach the, how do you attack a treatment when you're actually deciding this is a story? And at what point were you like, okay, so was it when, was it when the actual um, political run had done it? You were like, okay, now that, now that we've got this arc, we can now scale this, I'm pretty sure you had hundreds of hours of footage at this point. Exactly. Now when, actually, how much footage did you have? We we had over five, six hundred hours of footage. Five, six hundred hours of footage that then became 96 minutes. 96 minutes, exactly. Crazy, right? Oh, God. <laughs> See, that's, that's, the, 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 that's something that I... <laughs> that's a lot, because even with film, you're usually cutting down, like, from three hours to 90 minutes, not from 600 hours to 90 minutes. But you can feel all those hours in terms of just how much and how pure and deep the story actually gets in terms of getting the different perspectives and feeling feeling the weight of it from not just, yeah, from not just Boniface and Jerry, but also just the general public. And I loved how much voice was given to the general public and how truthful and honest their answers were. Like when they're talking about the the race and what can you do for me? These, these people only give us attention essentially right before the race. So if you don't have money, what are you offering me? Exactly. And that's kind of that kind of honesty I'm talking about in terms of reflection, because it's, it kind of points fingers at both ends because it's unfair to 
to look at the public and be like, how dare you ask for money? But this is the public that has constantly been inundated with politicians who just promise things and don't do anything. So the journey of putting all these stories together becomes complicated, but the guiding light becomes, what do you want out of this film? And I think in in answering the question you're asking, how do you know whether you have the material that you're looking for? Or I think for me, it's what do I want to achieve with the film? And what kind of honesty am I able to exhibit with the film? Because I, I believe a documentary film has to has to be honest, not only to the audiences that it's being shown to, but also to the to the people that it's portraying. So that when Boniface watches the film, or Jerry watches the film, or the Kenyan citizens watch the film, they don't look at me and be like, ha, you are lying there, that sort of thing. And again, audiences do understand this film looks, it was short over a period of time. And we're trying to just weave together a story that allows you to enter into this world and to this space and walk through over that period. So if you watch this film, I, I hope you do see that honesty that you can actually, like you're saying, you can actually think about 2007 and you go read about it and you're like, oh crap, this actually happened. And and all the other things that happened subsequently. I think what helps you know whether you, you, you can stop, it's what you were trying to say. And if what the material you have will say what you want to say in the best way possible. And because you get, it's easy to get, in between those weeds and keep filming for a very long time because life is dynamic and beautiful and interesting so there'll always be something interesting to film but are you do you have the material to to say what you want to say and i believe we did it took us a year eight months but i think eventually we got it but now i want to understand a little bit more about your journey and the emotional journey of the emotional journey of actually being a documentary filmmaker or something like this because everything which not just bonnie went through or jerry went through you kind of went through and there's a specific point i actually want to know because you've been with these people for for seven years you kind of you follow them so at how do you kind of I don't know how to ask the question properly, but in terms of you grow this like very personal connection with these people, but at the same time you have to service a story in terms of understanding what's going on and pairing these relationships and these perspectives. And I think there was like, there was a very heartbreaking moment, at least it was heartbreaking for me within the film where you feel the disconnect and not the disconnect, but there's a, there's a point where Boniface is asked what his, what he prioritizes first. And it's within an argument within Jerry or well, not, it's not within an argument, but he says something within by himself but then you have to break that news to Njeri. And at the same time, you're growing with these people for seven years. So what is the emotional journey and how do you kind of, how do you temper between telling the story and actually being a human being to these, to these people that you're kind of documenting? It's honesty, man. It's being as honest as you can in the best way possible as you can. And being, um, I think maybe honesty might not be the word or maybe it is, but it's being vulnerable in a way also to i think yeah it's vulnerability that's that's what i'd say it's being vulnerable to both everyone that you're working with in this space because they're being vulnerable to you 
and I can't be this cutout board being like, I'm a filmmaker now, so I do not have feelings. I am here just to represent your story. You have to feel, you have to exist in the pain. You have to exist in, in the struggle. You have to exist in the joy. You have to like, because you know, their kids are fun kids. They're like so much joy. Yeah. So you have to exist in that joy. And and I think that's what allows people to to give you permission to tell their story. Were there trying times for you within this, within within that specific process? Of course, man. It was crazy. You know, <laughs> I don't know how many protests you've been, been to, but protests are not exactly the friendliest place to be. No, they're not. And you guys, almost... there was a sequence where you guys, where Bonnie was running straight into the, into like the gas, um, trying to remember what was being thrown. Yeah, yeah. And you guys followed it. There was, there was one time where you followed him. The second time the cameraman was like, nope. And, <laughs> and, yeah, you guys, you guys have been, the, the protests were a lot to kind of, actually, but yeah, you were about to say? No, no, I was just saying that it's, it's hard. Like it's, it's not, the thing is it comes with emotion. Of course, there's the adrenaline of the time and what you're going through and feelings, but there's this kind of a, what do you call it? You feel, you do feel pain, but pain not only for what you're filming, but of the consequence of what's happening. Like when you see this is how disenfranchised voters are, that's a very painful thing to witness as a Kenyan. Like it's very painful and with the knowledge that the leadership might not change. So you, you kind of have to go home with that thought and find a way to still wake up in the morning and be like, okay, I'm still going to try and make a difference. That's hard. That's very hard. And I think you do get that with the film, especially with Boniface and Jerry in how just, they still have to keep going. This season's interviews were primarily recorded remotely via Zoom during September and October 2020. The African Film Podcast is produced by Enraptured Odyssey, a media company based in Alberton, South Africa. To find out more on African Film and Enraptured Odyssey, you can go to their website, enraptured.africa, and you can also follow their social pages at African Film, that's AF. R-I-Q-U-A-N film on social media sites for more fun film facts. Okay, so within every one of our, the, the commentary that we ask every one of our guests, the whole point of this podcast started off as a online film club in, at the beginning of uh, lockdown. We essentially, we, we threw watch parties for African films from one of my personal favorites being So the Winter to My Skin and Supermoto, all the way to films like Atlantics. So what one of the things you want to kind of keep is with that is the film club aspect of it. So I want to know what is your favorite African film and why? <laughs> you know, some of these films have been made by my friends. So now you're putting me on a very tight spot. <laughs> Look. <laughs> okay. Ha. Now, um, this is going to be, I think. And just so you know, um, Softy has been named in one of the previous episodes. Ooh, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah, so what, what is your, what is your favorite African film, Ryan? Okay, um, the, the, okay, just before I give an answer, I'm like, the, the challenge with that question is, as 
I have to choose between documentary and fiction. That makes it even harder for me. So, am I allowed? Okay, to... so we'll play it this way. Give me your favorite document, your favorite film. That that I can live with. My favorite African film, I will have to say is Usman Sembene's Black Girl. Why? And uh, and also tell me just a little bit about the film because I've not heard about that film. I'm I'm going to research it as you said. So the film essentially follows this lady who moves into moves to France as a house help and kind of speaks to a lot of internal struggle and internal turmoil that a lot of human beings face, and really really embodies conversations of truth and dignity and how we. We as artists can work to deconstruct them, particularly with in terms of how stories are told and how stories are presented to the world. Joanna. C'est ce matin-là que tout commence. C'était à Dakar. Yeah, it's one of my favorite films. Um, I also love Supermodo. Supermodo is a brilliant film, and it's made by my friend Carrion. And- Supermodo is bottled innocence. That movie, I can put it on whenever I want, and it will just like, ooh, it's bottled innocence. It just gets me in it. It both breaks my heart and makes me feel hopeful at the same time. That is a very rare um, dichotomy no, like, <laughs> to it's, accomplish. It's 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 hot, and that's that's the thing, and. I I love Supermodo on very many levels and I'm very lucky that the official soundtrack of Softy has a music video directed by the director Likarian Lwanaina so it's I'm a huge fan of Likarian have been like we've kind of moved up the tracks together there yeah, Supermodo's a beautiful film but I also love Black Girl like that's it's it's such a deep and particularly because it speaks the story of a woman at a time when telling a story of an african woman was very hard and complicated so it just also speaks to the how daring we have to be as filmmakers how audacious we have to be for us to ensure that our voices are heard in the loudest and biggest of platforms so with that with that in mind where do you think the african film landscape is going it feels like it's an exciting time because if you look within the last let's say 3 or so years we've had very big like landmarks after landmarks from atlantics at con to your film breaking sundance we have even if we're looking from an international perspective how black is king incorporated directors and art directors and dancers from so many different parts of africa and just the wakanda effect which has kind of put this it feels like there's a renewed energy but at the same time it feels like even if we're not looking from what the international space is doing just within the continental space it's there's a lot happening in terms of growth so how do you feel and with your journey with this film because you've you've traveled quite a lot with this film how do you feel where do you think we're going within the next 3 or so or 4 years how do you feel about it um how do i feel i first i first need to throw in in there like my one of my favorite documentary african films is beats of the antonov It's directed by Hajuj Kukuka. It came out in 2014. Yes. Oh, it's fully available on Vimeo. Yes, you could watch it. It's such a beautiful film and you could just see the I, like uh, what do you call it? It's 
a symphony of sorts from the director and how the joy of his presence in in that space and the kind of level of collaboration it probably took to allow all the people in that space to get that story told is yeah it's it's another beautiful african film that i really encourage people to watch and yes and it's a documentary um but but to speak of where and i just segue into that i think there is rising momentum in african films that we as filmmakers who are at this present moment and even the ones who are like you know maybe have their films in post production and are about to release them have to keep that fire burning i think we have to find ways to continuously keep the energy going you know like even if it means giving back some of that energy to the to other people who are making films and other people who are trying to get their films out there because that's the kind of the only way we keep like the appetite there for our audiences a really interesting example is um speaking to things like say in this case like creative documentary which is what softy is it's a genre which doesn't have much footing in a place like Kenya like if you ask any average kenyan what documentaries they watch and then you describe softy they would not know what you're talking about so this is an opportunity that we have to kind of add to the palette of audiences yeah and but for them to enjoy that palette to enjoy that meal and keep having fun with it is we have to make it more available we have to allow them to enjoy our stories and something i think we've proven with softy is we we are able to tell these stories and we are we have the capacity to tell these stories and there is so much love that you can get from this story and there's so much like people want to watch these films people want to be a part of these films the next 3 4 years i'm seeing a lot more documentaries and even fiction films coming out of the continent like way more than they have in the last i don't know how long like it's been increasing but steady i'll give you a very good example in the last 3 years from a place of essentially nothingness like maybe had to say one or two creative documentaries in the kenyan space we've had four or five creative documentaries in the last 3 years all of them opening in big festivals there's a film called full moon that directed by philippa by philippa herman that won at durban actually as well i think in 2017 there's another film called the letter that premiered at edfa there's another film called the letter that premiered at hot dogs we premiered at sundance there's all these films that have been coming out and they they come they've come out of like you know like they're like okay we're here now and that has happened because there has been some sense of investment like in our case in Kenya we do have like an organization called Docubox that essentially is like a seed funder for a lot of these documentaries and what that has done is like you have a continuous momentum of films that are coming out that films that are that are keep moving there's another film called the last fight by this lady called Jackie Lebo that actually ended up airing on TV and people are like oh my god what what is this like yeah. they didn't know how to deal with it and that's super encouraging as a filmmaker like with all the all this vibe that is out there and 
we have in in a weird way even with covid the world has kind of opened up certain spaces that were never open for for african filmmakers yeah we're able to attend forums that we had had to travel to before and we couldn't afford to go but now some of those forums are just a click away and you know you probably may have to stay up at night yeah they're available yeah and different time what, zones you're there at three three in the morning exactly you know before you you know you had to get you know first you needed to get a visa you need to get the money to go you need to get the money where to stay which was very hard and now you can actually attend and engage in some beautiful conversations that i'm sure are going to influence the films that are going to come out and influence the kind of work that's going to come out so i am personally super excited do you feel that there's a growing pan-African movement in terms of not just Kenyan films within Kenya and South African films, but just like even a discourse or more collaborations within the con- continentally? I think there is something there, but I think a lot has to happen to encourage more of it. I think it, it's it's kind of, it's dumbfounding that we don't have as many inter-country collaborations in, in Africa as we do with the other countries around the world. But I think a lot of encouragement has to happen. Like encouragement, I mean, in terms of support, both in terms of funding from from the countries, which feels like a lot to ask for, but also from, you know, the organizations that actually do funding in these countries, even if it's in the private sector or there is so much potential in us working together. And I believe also just in the sharing of cinema and the sharing of awareness, because whilst I, while supermoto is one of my favorite films i don't think there, there there are enough south africans that know about it in terms of just or south africans who know about it who might enjoy that film who can then resonate with it or the same way i'm not sure how much south african film on a non if you're not a filmmaker kind of gets to towards kenyan audiences like there's, at this point. There's, and it, it's 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 again like that's the thing it's it's in terms of the the power of engagement and encouraging that kind of collaboration is not only in terms of money but it's also in terms of availability it's not easy to get enough to watch an african film in africa which is kind of crazy yeah very much so which is part of why we we do the this podcast is to kind of also just talk about african film and not just african film from one country just african yeah. film and kind and of get need, more that's, conversations that's going on saying, it's kind of like encouraging and um part of the things that i believe that has to happen is there has to be a movement of public broadcasters from being political tools into actually being tools that serve audiences and serve the need of stories for audiences because for the longest time public broadcasters have been viewed as political tools anybody who's in power really works to strangle them and keep them at like a bare functional minimum where they're only good for news and that's where that that story ends and this is like in most african countries um maybe in south africa is a bit different but i know like in kenya and all these other countries public broadcasters are strangled like financially strangled so much that they can't even get off their feet in just trying to support and encourage productions with for, with different artists because i think if if it was possible to just remove public broadcasters from the political conversation and just have them funded enough around across the continent you will have a lot more african filmmakers working with each other and also have an outlet for this content
if there's someone listening who wants to understand just a little bit more about how to get into documentary filmmaking or even just general filmmaking within Kenya or just across the Pan-African space, what type of advice would you be giving them to kind of as to where to start or what to kind of be thinking about? So just in my experience and in the experience, I think of a couple of people I've worked with, I would say it's important to hone in on at least one thing that you truly enjoy like within the the film space so because film is wide film is expansive and film keeps innovating all the time so is it in writing is it in editing is it is it in cinematography as you're honing in on that thing and really growing and being amazing in it try and learn the other aspects like not necessarily to be like the perfect in any of them but the beauty of that is to help you understand how all these things come into play. And in particular documentary, there's always a kind of, I see it as an assumption that people make that they're just going to put the camera somewhere and something will happen. And sometimes, I don't know, sometimes that may work, but it's very rare that it works well. Most times it becomes, you end up with a ridiculous amount of footage and you really don't know what to do with it and you don't know where anything is going. So it it helps to to perhaps having a bit of clarity on what you want to do and where you want to go and then work every time, just keep assessing, keep asking yourself these questions and keep building and growing and transforming and just making it better. The third thing I'd say is collaborate, 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 collaborate. And, you know, we live in an age where collaboration is a lot easier. When I started out, it was next to impossible for me to think that I would be editing a film with another editor in Canada and our technology would make it possible. So use, take advantage of that and collaborate. Just work with people, share with people, build with people. Because that's that's the only way you would get to to grow and learn and see different perspectives that you were not even grossly aware of. Second, lastly, I would say trust your instincts. In as much as there are all these voices and all these noises, and I know it kind of contradicts with the last thing I said, but trust your instincts and don't be afraid to accept when you're wrong. Like it's it's okay, it's fine. People make mistakes or people just don't things don't turn up the way you want them to turn out just dust yourself up and keep moving there is so much art out there for for everyone like so many stories for everyone don't beat yourself up so much and you know just trust your instincts and lastly always always have your best foot forward and this i say because of where we come from and the way the entertainment industry is organized, we really don't have that many opportunities to say, pitch something or to talk about our projects. So always make sure that the point with which you're talking about your project or talking about your film, it's in the best place that it can be. That's it. That is some fantastic advice, if I do say so myself. So then in closing, because I'm seeing that we have to kind of uh, wrap in the next five minutes, what would you believe is the next place that we should go? And then also I'm seeing that you have two documentaries in production mm-hmm. at this point, Leia and Leia and Nyandeng. Nyandeng. 
in production. So can you just where we kind of where we go from here and then also just what else people can can kind of expect from you coming forward within the near future? So I think the next our next step is one to actually initialize and continue to have conversations on how do we how do we keep growing our work? How do we keep the momentum going? How do we keep the fire burning? How do we keep improving to collaborate? How do we find ways to put some pressure in policy that makes intercountry travel easier? Just something as simple as that. Because, you know, in many cases, you have to go to Europe before you go to another African country, which, again, Wild. doesn't really make sense. But how, how do we encourage some of those things and some of those conversations? And how do we get the, the right eyeballs in those conversations? How do we find ways to engage with, with people who are friendly to the, to, to the idea of growing art and growing film and encouraging art? That, that, that I think, would be a next step. Over and above that, we need to keep educating ourselves and improving the kind of education, the film education that we receive and improving that by also providing a lot more collaboration that doesn't lean one way, that has greater synergy. We are very lucky with Softy that we worked with co-production partners that saw us as collaborators and we genuinely collaborated in the storytelling and it's something I am eternally grateful for. Our collaborators, I still film, are just were just incredible people. And we've been walking in that journey together and we've learned so much from them and they from us. I think that's that's where we should push collaboration into. Yeah, and of course we, we need, you know, we art need money. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's just the plain truth. It's it's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. People need to just understand that for you to sit down and watch something, some money has to go somewhere because whoever who's making it has to eat. And it's unfair that we were kind of brought up in this feeling that the artist has to eat the leftovers while you still want to enjoy high-end quality. And we need to find that space that recognizes art and recognizes the power that art has and the influence that art has and that just needs money on all levels so people need to pay for stuff and people need to support stuff and that's that's something we need to encourage and we need i don't think it's something we need to to antagonize like you know put take guns and knives for but i think it's something we need to put people in like have governments recognize that there needs to be protection artists in terms of what i am working on so i'm producing a couple of projects and some of them are going to be in good pitch kenya in november some of the projects are all these projects are in different phases um, they're in different countries all of them encourage amazing and uh, supporting amazing and incredibly talented filmmakers who who are telling again different stories with extreme personal sacrifice and are stories that are very important within their context but the context of the world so they vary from some that are questioning home and identity others that are about mental health and others are about healing and there's some that are just celebration of particular individuals whom are unseen in society I am also directing, co-directing, I'm co-directing this film that questions something called universal basic income, which is an interesting 
topic conversation in it's a pandora's box exactly like it's it's touted to be perhaps the solution to reducing wealth inequality so we are co-directing this film where we're filming both in the us and kenya kind of questioning is it is it really this solution and is it really this what they say it is so that's something i'm excited about probably will come out in 2022 the other most of the other films that i'm producing will be coming out next year so it's all all african films all the way keeping the fire burning throughout and where can people find you if they want to find more about if they want to find out more about you as well as safdi cool so on on i think on all my socials um i am i'm either soko sam or sam soko that's twitter instagram facebook you can check out the website of softy the film which is softythefilm.com and you can check out the website of our production comp- company lbxafrica.com where you know we're just trying to have fun doing this film gig and working with as many cool people as possible Thank you so much for giving us so much of your time to kind of both talk about your film and just the journey and everything. I cannot wait to hear the day I'm 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 throwing it into the air that you know we hear Oscar nominated Sam Soko. Um, but this has been <laughs> this has been an incredible uh, this has been an incredible time. Thank you so much uh, for giving us your time and I cannot wait to kind of to watch both firstly to watch Safdi again and also just to experience more of your work. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. That was the second episode of the African Film Podcast with our special guest Sam Soko. Thank you so much for listening. I am Yalezum Juguna, the host and editor of this specific podcast, and this episode was sponsored by the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture. I would like to acknowledge some of the amazing team that helped put this project together including my co-producer Kibare Wanjukuna, the music composer Katleho Doshi Tema who made all the original music you heard on this episode as well as the voiceover artist Nomava Kibare. To find out more about African Film, do follow our social pages which is African Film, A F R I Q U A N Film on our social pages. You can also get more information on the series and the production company as a whole on our website enraptured.africa. And if you'd like to check out more of our podcast, you can check out the Next Gen Greats podcast, which is a space where we give musical artists the space to unpack the story behind some of their musical projects. You can also listen to Giveonomics, which is a podcast hosted by Kibs, where he gives a economic enthusiast perspective on specific topics. And finally, you also have What's Hot on the Screen, which is a much more bite-sized version of this where we interview filmmakers on upcoming projects and the journey behind them. You can find those links in the description below. Once again, thank you so much for your time and for listening to this podcast. I am Yaz the Student and we shall be back again next week with another podcast. <laughs>